0: Hey friends, welcome back to the No Wrong Turns podcast with Audrey Hickman-Hunter. I'm Audrey and I'm your host, and I'm so happy that you're joining us back here on the No Wrong Turns pod. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Every other Tuesday, we have an awesome guest come on and chat about their story and their passions and how their passions have evolved and grown throughout their story. Subscribe today to the No Wrong Turns pod with Audrey Hickman-Hunter on your podcast player app so you will never miss an episode. Hey friends, happy Tuesday. How are you all doing? This has been a bit of a crazy time since the last episode was released. I wanted to give a belated happy birthday shout out to my dad because it was a milestone birthday for him. And I knew that my mom was throwing him a little surprise party, so I flew home and surprised them both with the help of my little brother and sister in law. Happy birthday, dad. Listeners, welcome to our 49th episode with Dr. Robin Graham. Robin grew up in a small town in Illinois. She knew from a young age that she wanted to have a high-powered career that focused on serving others. Throughout this conversation, we will hear all of the turns that Robin's career pivots have taken her you are for sure gonna wanna lean in and not miss hearing Robin's story as she highlights her passions of business coaching, podcasting, and now being an author. No matter if this is your story and you can relate to her or not, I believe that there's something in this episode for you. All right, here's my conversation with Dr. Robin Graham. Welcome back to the No Wrong Turns podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Robin Graham. Hi, Robin. Hi, thanks for having me, Audrey. No problem. Or I'm sorry. Should I? I should have said Dr. Robin Graham. Oh, it's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Can you give the listeners a little quick summary of who you are, and just uh, and maybe any fun facts that you want to share with us?
1: Sure. So I am Robin Graham, and I am a personal branding strategist, business coach, and host of The Robin Graham Show and an author. I am publishing my first book, You, Me, and Anxiety on March 15th. And that's me in a nutshell. I am mom to three incredible kids. I have a great husband named John and I live in Doylestown, Pennsylvania, which is just outside of Philadelphia.
0: Awesome. So did you grow up in Pennsylvania? I did not.
1: I grew up in Southern Illinois in a little teeny tiny town of about 3000 people. That was a farming
0: community. Wow. What was life like for you growing up there?
1: Um, you know, it was, it was good. It was simple. We, um, were outside all the time. We walked everywhere, rode our bikes everywhere. We were members of the spit swim club. Um, my dad coached our sports. My, my mom was an artist. Um, So she, she was a stay-at-home mom and she painted. She later went on to become a librarian and went to work. Um, But that was when I was in college. So uh, yeah, I have three sisters and we ran around the neighborhood constantly. We put on shows for our parents with Mm -hmm. the neighbor kids and you know it was the simple days the good old days before social media and all of this technology kind of took over
0: wow that sounds very idyllic uh, kind of a classic childhood so you grew up in a farming town but not on a farm right my great-grandparents
1: okay. had a farm so i spent quite a bit of time on the farm but mm-hmm. we did not we lived in town we did
0: my parents were not farmers okay awesome so when you were maybe in middle school high school age What were some of the things that you were interested in doing or did you have any hobbies that you were pursuing? I was
1: an athlete and an avid reader. Um, Yeah, so that's really what I did. I was um, studious. I was also in choir, um, but I was very athletic. Like that was my thing. There were probably next to zero days that I didn't have a basketball or a softball in my hand.
0: Well, wow. so the, were those your two main sports? Basketball, yeah, and, and then I ran. Right?
1: Yeah, I ran as well. Um, mm-hmm. We, my sisters and I, we would run five Ks with my dad on the weekends, and I ran track as well. But, um, yeah, and you know, I was involved in clubs and different things like Girl Scouts, 4-H, all of that stuff. Uh, played the piano. Um, yeah, I yeah,
0: it was pretty simple, really. Awesome. So when you were getting towards the end of your time of high school, what were some of the things that you were interested in?
1: Well, I loved science and I knew that I wanted to have a high powered career. One of my mother's friends who I babysat for and often traveled with and went to work with. She was a professor at the university of Southern Illinois Carbondale and I had to think about the name of the university. <laughs> it's been a while since I said that. And she was, a, she was a nutritionist and she did a lot of research and studies and she really influenced me and I wanted to be kind of like her. I wanted to wear a suit every day. I wanted to have a high powered career where I made a lot of money, but yet I wanted to be able to serve people. And I was exposed to pharmacy through one of our neighbors and then my guidance counselor also suggested that for me as a career opportunity. And so I went straight into pharmacy school to become a pharmacist.
0: So you all, did you, when you were in high school or growing up, did you always know that you were going to go on to pursue college or was that something um, that your family had pressure on you to do or just something that was kind of generally expected?
1: You know, my parents never really put a lot of pressure on me. They would have supported us no matter what we did, but Mm -hmm. I wanted to go to college. I wanted, education was big for me. I had this thought in my mind that education was kind of the end-all be-all and Mm -hmm. I wouldn't amount to anything if I wasn't highly educated. And so for me, college was just always the avenue that I knew I was going to go.
0: Okay, that's great. So you uh, knew that you were interested in, or you wanted to pursue pharmacy studies, pharmaceutical studies, I guess you would say. So, how, what kind of program? Did you did you just start kind of in undergrad, minoring in science, or how does that work?
1: The school that I went to was Saint Louis College of Pharmacy. It's no longer called that. It's now the University of Health Sciences of Saint Louis uh, because they changed their scope. So they're still a pharmacy school, but they also have other degrees, like liberal arts degrees, and I'm I'm not even sure what all they're offering now. Mm -hmm. when I went to St. Louis College of Pharmacy, it was a private pharmacy school. So you went in your first year and you stayed until you graduated. So you didn't have undergraduate studies. You had some general studies and Mm -hmm. introduction to pharmacy classes when you were in your first and second year. We, a lot of people after the first or second year left, they, you know, either it was too hard or they decided to do something else. We had Mm -hmm. a lot of transfer students in from other universities who did their undergrad at a community college or a major university and then transferred in for the third year, which the third, fourth, fifth years were for pharmacy and then all of the science and all of that stuff. And then and pharmacy specific classes like kinetics and, you know, truly learning about the drugs and therapeutics of drugs and the physiology and anatomy and all of that stuff. And then, um, my sixth year was focused on all inter, uh, rotations. So an internship, basically a glorified internship, so to speak, when mm-hmm. I worked on my doctorate and that involved doing kind of like a thesis project. They called it our doctoral project, but Mm -hmm. that was all in the sixth year. So we went straight, I went straight through first through sixth years at one school.
0: That's great. I, it's kind of, I, I like how you kind of highlighted all of that because I know in many times when you go to college, it's very, it's, there's a very high chance of that one would switch majors or decide this isn't for me. So when you're in such a narrow track um, scope of a school, there would, seems like there would be a high kind of turnover, but it's very cool if that's what you wanted to do to be able to have kind of an easier pathway because you don't have to go and apply and look for other schools and you're already familiar with that same school system. Mm-hmm, exactly. During that time... Did you? I mean, you clearly finished, but did you have anything else that came up in your story that uh, kind of marked your story? Oh gosh, I'm the
1: the whole experience was amazing. I worked the entire time, from I guess I'm trying to remember if I started. I think I started working actually in the hospital pharmacies there near our college, that or the school, and worked in the pharmacies in the hospitals to get experience, um, mm-hmm. and that was that was incredible. Just having all of that experience and working with all the other students and the pharmacist and things like that. It really set me up for success post-graduation when I took my boards and started my career. Um, The one big thing that I can share is that I, from, from my entire life, I had anxiety and this is the reason I wrote my book Mm -hmm. is to help young women overcome or navigate and overcome life with anxiety. And my, when I was working on my doctorate project, I basically had a nervous breakdown. I couldn't do the presentation Mm -hmm. for the, the project. And so I stepped away and took some time off to almost a year off and then went back and finished, but I had to really nurture myself and go to therapy and, you know, navigate life with anxiety myself in order to be able to finish the program.
0: Wow. That definitely sounds like something. I think that's great that you were able to take, take some time for yourself to be able to give yourself the self-care and the break and recovery restart that you needed. That's really awesome. As you were navigating that and then coming coming back for your final year, I mean, I don't really, I mean, I guess I think of a pharmacist as somebody who's either kind of, you know, in the Walgreens drive-through checking your prescriptions, or I picture you, you know, in a lab with a microscope and like testing things out, but I don't really know. Can you tell us what, what did you go on to do for your, for your next steps once you, um, maybe as you were about to graduate or after you graduated?
1: So I was always very interested in more of the clinical side of pharmacy, not the retail side. So the only gotcha. retail work I did was when I had to do a rotation, I had to have the experience. Mm-hmm. I did fill in at a couple of um, small independent retail stores and just you know to help out and, and to right. learn as well. But I always chose the more clinical route. So working in a hospital and a lot of now, actually, everyone who goes to pharmacy school gets a doctorate degree. So it's not like a commodity like it was Mm -hmm. whenever I went. Very few people actually did this, um, followed that path when I was in school. But um, I I worked in the hospital setting. Clinical pharmacists will do rounds with doctors. They actually see patients. They help. Treat the patients, decide what therapeutic agents are going to be most effective. They monitor for drug interactions. They do, you know, make sure that um, the liver and the kidney and the, the organs that help metabolize the drugs are safe and healthy. And if not adjust the dose and all those kind of things. So mm-hmm. I loved all of that, um, teaching environments. That's what I worked in all through college and for a little bit after college. And then I went into the corporate world where I worked for managed care organizations. And I actually worked with physicians and we created treatment algorithms and, educated the patients. I worked with the marketing departments to help go out in the field and educate people on their pharmacy benefits and answer questions about the medications they were on and things like that. We did, I designed like patient protocols and uh, patient education and things like that. Hosted health fairs and you know different things like that in employer our employers um facilities so like the people that we insured they would have I would go out to their facilities with the marketing people and we would host a health fair and I would have pharmaceutical companies come in and educate on say diabetes monitors. And we would give diabetes monitors away. And we did all kinds of different things like that. So I was never in traditional pharmacy. And Mm -hmm. once we moved to Pennsylvania, my husband and I, and our baby, my company didn't have a job for me here. So I ended up consulting and doing medical writing. And so that was really how I spent the rest of my career when I was in pharmacy was behind the scenes. I was, you know, attending symposium, doing um, peer-reviewed journals and all that kind of stuff To and continuing education for physicians, pharmacists, and nurses.
0: Well, it sounds like all that you've described, it was a very well-rounded uh, part of your career, just being able to kind of have your hand in uh, almost at least testing out all the parts.
1: Yeah, I have to say, I, I there's not much of pharmacy I didn't do, except sales. <laughs> I didn't do sales.
0: <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty. That's a pretty uh, vast, vast scope that you were able to do during that time. So you mentioned that you you moved and you kind of had to pivot a little bit, and then you were going to you, you're not a pharmacist now. So can you walk us through what happened for you to kind of come out of your ph- pharmacy time?
1: So once a pharmacist, always a pharmacist. Okay, but sorry. I, um, <laughs> I still have that background, um, still have that degree in the certifications, but It was 11 years ago and our children were getting older. I was having to travel for my consulting business. My husband was traveling globally about 50% of the time and we didn't have family here. And life was just very crazy, Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) getting harder and harder to manage. And our children were in sixth grade, fourth grade, and three years old. And the older two were doing travel sports and life was just really, really crazy. And my husband and I looked at each other and were like, this just isn't worth it. Like this isn't healthy. We were starting, the anxiety level in our home was just increasing rapidly. We were starting to see the effects on our kids. And we just said, you know what, this isn't worth it. Our mm-hmm. nanny at the time got very sick and we lost her. And so it just repositioned everything. And I had done photography my whole life had always been a hobby, a passion. I had Mm -hmm. taken courses and my husband just looked at me and he said, why don't, why don't you do something with your photography? You can set your own hours. You can, you know, just be with the kids when, when need be, or else I'm around to cover. And so that's what I decided to do. I, I followed my passion and I became a professional photographer. And very quickly, I started focusing solely on headshots and branding photography, Mm -hmm. working with, um, corporate executives and then entrepreneurs. And through that experience about five years ago, I discovered that, The the entrepreneurs I was working with did not know how to build a personal brand. They didn't know how to create a, a strategy, a brand marketing strategy to build a solid foundation for long-term success. And so mm-hmm. I saw opportunity to start consulting and that those, the consulting started with like image use and how to use images for search engine optimization on your website, how to use images for social media and all of those things, but really creating a personal brand so that you could build the no love and trust factor. And then that transitioned into, you know, the coaching and the more coaching I started doing, the more, I fell in love with it because it enabled me to continue to think very strategically Mm -hmm. and, and create, but build something at the same time. And so that is where I'm at today is I am a business coach and we focus a lot on mindset and navigating all of those things that so many people struggle with just simply because of the online world, but, um, in general as well, comparison, imposter syndrome, all those things that can really weigh a person down and hold them back because of fear and procrastination if they don't address those factors. So I now today coach people around my success equation, which is mindset plus strategy plus action is what equals results.
0: Wow. That's, that's a lot happening there in the last uh, decade or so for you. That's pretty, pretty uh, crazy with all of those turns thinking or starting out in photography and building that and then making the pivot after seeing your clients needs um and being able to uh kind of pivot to to where you are today with the coaching I think Mm -hmm. that's awesome thank you so you no longer do photography correct
1: no, as of January first, twenty twenty-two, I do not do photography. I last year I decided that that was going to be my last year. As much as I still love it, mm-hmm. I will tap into that as my creative outlet. Still, may even publish some coffee table books with my images or things like that. But I'm stepping away from portrait and headshot photography and just focusing on the coaching business. I it came to I, I came to realize that. I could have a much deeper impact with Mm -hmm. the coaching being in photography was great because I was, you know, making people feel beautiful and confident, but I wanted to have a deeper impact. I wanted to help create that ripple effect of good in the world. And in order to do that, I felt like I needed to work with people one-on-one and really teach them the ins and outs of starting a business, building a business, rebranding a business uh, to make sure that they were able to serve people
0: to the best of their ability, and then from there, we'll create that ripple effect. I like the way you kind, of, the way that you just kind of framed that. Even though photography is something that you still have a passion for, you uh, were able to take a step back and say, "Hey, I need to kind of put this on the back burner and kind of just keep this as my for fun hobby on the side." And really just focus on my coaching because that is being able to spend that focus time is going to produce more quality results. Yes. Yes. This week in our sponsor spot is our guest, Dr. Robin Graham. It's her new book, You, Me, and Anxiety. Do you ever wonder what it might be like not to feel anxious all the time? The good news is you no longer have to feel alone and isolated. You, Me and Anxiety helps you to identify anxiety, recognize its symptoms and take intentional action to manage and overcome it so that it no longer has a negative grip on your life. This book is perfect for anyone who ever struggles to get out of bed in the morning, dreams of getting a good night's sleep, has stomach flips at the thought of going to school, Often feels alone and afraid to try new things or do familiar activities. Finds it challenging to hang out with their friends or go to parties. Often feels irritable or angry. Or experiences frequent stomach pains or headaches. Or both. More good news. You are not doomed. In fact, even with anxiety, you can live a happy, joyful life and experience the fabulous things that your peers are experiencing. This book does not promise that overcoming and managing anxiety will be easy, but it will show you that you have the ability and tools to navigate through it. Are you ready and willing to take intentional action to embrace the recommendations included in you mean anxiety so you can go from feeling stuck in a negative cycle to unstuck and proactively changing how you feel every day? Let's do this. See the show notes for the book links. All right. So I have a few more, few more questions for you. And one of them is about myths. What are some common myths that that surround your passions? I guess you, you have kind of, you know, a few different passions. I would say I've heard you talk about, you know, pharmacy, photography, and then coaching. Would you say that's correct? Or am I missing some Would
1: you, what would you say? No, I I think, you know, when you, when you look at all three, my passion is, is ultimately serving other people. Mm -hmm. And I would say a myth around serving other people would be that you have to have a lot in order to serve. And that is a myth. You can serve in the simplest of ways and really have an impact on other people. To me, serving includes something as simple as smiling at someone so that they can have a better day. But I think there's a lot of mist around, you know, serving, around coaching. Um, mm-hmm. That, you know, you have to have certifications. You do not. Our entire life's journeys have given us experiences that then enable us to take those experiences and use them for the good of other people, to serve other Mm -hmm. people through those experiences. So I would say a myth is that in order to be successful as a a business coach or a person of service in a service-based business, you have to have certifications in order to prove your worth. And that's not true. Your life experiences give you all of the the value, the wisdom, the credentials you need in order to serve other people.
0: I really like how you just uh, highlighted that, uh, especially when you were talking about things that you have learned and things that you have grown through and experienced, and being able to serve others by sharing your experience and how and how that experience affected you and. I really, I really like how you said that. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. Thank you. So our next question is, if somebody is listening to you today and they uh, are just kind of curious to learn more about your passions, what would be some resources or some guidance that you could point them to? So this could be a podcast, a mentor, books. What, What would you, or what would you wish you had known as you were starting out on your journey, I guess? If there's any resource that comes to mind. So what I'm going to say is
1: that your thoughts create your results. Mm -hmm. So if you are a person who struggles with anxiety or fear or doubt or lack of confidence, and those negative thoughts are weighing you down, it's going to be much harder to, to take action and to accomplish the things that you need to accomplish. So Mm -hmm. one of the books that inspired me was the big leap by gay Hendricks, because he really dives into um how our thoughts affect everything else every other aspect in our lives another really good book is atomic habits by james cleary and or james clear and that that book is just really good if you're struggling with time management or focus and aligning your values the war of art was another one that was Mm -hmm. really, really good. And then there's another one called impressions, I believe is what it is. And when I talk a lot about discovering what your purpose is, it's, you really take a deep look at your values, your visions, and your passions, and where they align is where your purpose lies, or, you know, where Mm -hmm. you can really find a purpose that's going to be fulfilling and that you're going to then be able to serve others through as well. And all of these books combined kind of led me to how I created that equation or that philosophy and how I work with my clients.
0: That's awesome. Thank you so much for those resources and kind of just an overall like nutshell on, on the why or the purpose behind that. And as we're talking about books, uh, I just wanted to ask you because you have a book coming out and I was wondering if you could just tell the listeners a little bit more about it. Yes. So
1: as I mentioned previously, I struggled with anxiety my entire life from little girl all the way through adulthood. And so my book is called You Mean Anxiety. It's part memoir, part self-help. I dive deep into the strategies and tools that I have used over the years to navigate my anxiety in hopes to help teen girls, young women navigate life with anxiety for themselves. And then the second book that will accompany the first book is a book for parents. So each chapter of the book for young women and teen girls will have a parent chapter so that parents can understand what is happening with their child. And then collectively together, they can navigate this world of anxiety and all the pressures that go along with that. And then there will be a workbook and a journal to accompany both of those.
0: Well, I really love how integrated that is with the partnered resources. I think that's a really cool tool.
1: Yeah, thank you. I'm I'm hoping it helps many.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And your book is coming out March 15th, you said, so that it will be around this time of the podcast. So you can definitely, we'll definitely be linking all that information in the show notes.
1: Awesome, yes, it will be available on Amazon. And then we will also have, We also have merchandise on the website and it's um, the, the, I guess, movement I'd like to create around the book is action over anxiety. And so Mm -hmm. we have merchandise in the, in the shop on the website for action over anxiety.
0: Awesome. We'll definitely be linking to that in the show notes for everybody as well. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us each week to listen to our awesome guests as they come on and chat about their story and their passions and how their passions have evolved and grown throughout their story. I am so humbled and honored that you would choose to download and listen to these conversations every other week through inviting me into your earbuds, your car, your Google Home, your Alexis, wherever you listen. Thank you so much. I am so grateful for you. Can you do me a favor? Have you subscribed to the podcast? If you could do that in whichever podcast player app that you're listening to us on today, that would be a great help. If you've already subscribed, thank you so much. I truly appreciate it. It makes a huge difference. I would love it if you could also just share the show with a friend. I find it about so many shows and podcasts through recommendations from friends. Maybe some of you have found this show through friends sharing it with you. Lastly, would you please leave a rating or review on whichever podcast player app that you're listening to us on? Thank you. I know these things may seem super small, subscribing, sharing the show, leaving right a review, but they make a huge difference in new listeners finding the No Wrong Turns pod. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here, for listening, and for cheering on the No Wrong Turns pod. Thank you for subscribing, sharing, and reviewing the show. All right, back to Robin's story. All right. I have one final question for you. And that is a question we ask everyone who comes on the podcast. And that is what is feeling you today? What is feeling your passion? And this could be anything from a new coffee drink to a new TV show, a new favorite part of town. So what is feeling you today? That is a really good question.
1: <laughs> and I think I have to say what's fueling me today is the nearness that we are to the launch of my book, because there are, you know, just that excitement. Um, It's a very, very vulnerable project. And so just the excitement to finally have this be presented to the world is what's fueling me. That's literally like what's getting me out of bed every morning. And then also the other thing is that, yes, I am a huge coffee drinker. So when you said (laughs) favorite coffee drink, but I'm literally like coffee and steamed oat milk. I'm so easy, so plain. But the, the other thing is just seeing my clients. And when that light bulb goes off and they start realizing the little things that the little shifts in mindset that can cause big shifts in the success of their business—that's another thing that fuels me.
0: That's awesome! I like all of those things. That's so fun. I'm also a big coffee drinker, so every morning. But instead of oat milk, I've been lately using goat milk. <laughs> really? Yes. I haven't it- done. I haven't done that yet. I'll have to try it. My mom um, can't have uh, regular cow milk, So she uh, had goat milk and it froths up if you use a frother just the same. So it's pretty good. Oh, that's awesome. Good to know. (laughs) Awesome. Well, as we close out here, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And I wanted to ask if you could share with the listeners where they can find you or where you want to be found.
1: Um, As I said in the beginning, I have a podcast, The Robin Graham Show, and Mm -hmm. we do episodes on anything from Business and personal branding strategies to life strategies. We talk about faith, we talk about mental health, and we talk about mindset and business strategies. So it's a great source, resource, and you can always find me there, the Robin Graham Show. And then the other place is my website. If you go to the therobingraham.com. It's Robin with a Y and Graham like the cracker. So mm-hmm. the R-O-B-Y-N-G-R-A-H-A-M.com. And you can go to my resource page. I have things that you can download for free, like a, how to build a successful business, um, a personal branding IQ quiz. And then I also have ebook on anxiety and how to create healthy habits for a healthy mind.
0: Awesome. Well, that sounds like a lot of resources that we'd be interested in. And I will definitely be linking those all in the show notes. Thank you so much, Robin, for coming on the No wrong Turns podcast today and sharing your story and about your passions and best wishes on the launch of your book.
1: Thank you, Audrey. It was an honor to be here. And I have to tell you that I love the title of your show because no one can take a wrong turn because every single turn we take is an
0: opportunity to learn. So kudos to you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Friends, this was an amazing conversation with Robin. There were so many passion pivots in Robin's story. It was interesting to see at the heart of all of Robin's major passions was her passion to help and serve others. She showed up through her pharmacy, photography, business coaching, and writing career that they were all ultimately geared towards helping others. One idea that really resonated with me was that when she said she wanted to help create the ripple effect of good in the world through helping others. I love this idea of helping others is not just, you know, a good thing to do, but ultimately it's something that keeps on paying itself forward. I hope that we are all encouraged today from Robin's story and her passions. My prayer is that you would consider what God has for you and what he might be leading you to. See the show notes for our music credits. All right, guys, enjoy your week. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. I would be truly grateful. And I will see you back here next time with Samantha Flynn, founder and owner of Juniper Public Relations. Hey, friends, you've just listened to the Wrong Turns pod with Audrey Lickman Hunter. I'm Audrey and I'm your host. I am so happy that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We are bringing new shows every other Tuesday and always have on some awesome guests to come and chat about their story and their passions and how their passions have evolved and grown throughout their story. Subscribe today to the No Turns pod with Audrey Lickman Hunter on your podcast player apps. So you'll never miss an episode. See you next time.